It's time for episode 275 of the Clockwise Podcast from Relay FM, recorded Wednesday, January 2nd, 2019. Clockwise, four people, four tech topics, 30 minutes. Welcome back to Clockwise, the tech podcast that rings in the new year. I'm your co-host, Dan Morin, and I am joined on this auspicious occasion by my co-host, Mr. Micah Sargent. Happy New Year, Micah. Oh, Happy New Year to you too, Dan. Oh, good, good fresh start. We're ready to rock and roll in the new year. Yeah, we're, we're back on the horse, not that we ever really left. Uh, <laughs> and so it's a, it's a nice time for us to, to jump right into it because, you know, it's a new year, but it's the same old show. We've got four tech topics <laughs> and we've got two fantastic guests to discuss them with us to my left. It is the founder of App Camp for Girls, the community manager at Blog, and our favorite Lyft driver. It's Gene McDonald. Hi, Gene. <laughs> Hi, Dan. Thanks for having me. And to my left is the editor at MaxStories.net, as well as the co-host of AppStories.net. It is John Voorhees. Hello and welcome, John Voorhees. Hello. A happy New Year and thanks for having me. All right. Time to kick it off. I've got the first topic today. As we are just starting 2019, I'm curious to know if there is a type of technology uh, or a specific piece of technology so like a general tech like ar or drones or something or a specific product itself that you think might take off in 2019 or that you're particularly excited about gene well yes i have a um piece of technology that i think has started to take off and will really take off in 2019 and i am very excited about it um uncharacteristically electric scooters um they uh, I think a lot of us, first time we saw them in use was last June at WWDC in San Jose, and I was too afraid to ride them then. But when Portland got them, I tried one for fun, and then I took one for actual transportation mode, and it was great. And of course, they were hugely, hugely popular. And uh, uh, when Portland wound up its... Uh, its trial in, I guess, end of October, I was super sad. And I know other people were and I know that, you know, knowing the way that these things go, even if there's a lot of good reasons not to have electric scooters, the way that people love them, they will make their way onto the scene. And I would say I'd also purchase uh, stock in collapsible helmets now, Mm. if I were Mm. able to do that, because that (laughs) is one of the downsides of the, the freely available not just the scooters, but the bicycles too, is that people don't carry around the big, you know, fixed size helmets to ride if they, you know, think they will on a, you know, serendipitously take a, a scooter or a, um, or a bike. And, you know, that fits in well with a more, you know, basic trend around here in Portland. They've built a lot of apartment buildings without very much parking space. And they, they tout that as the carless lifestyle that people are supposed to have. And I think scooters in certain neighborhoods, you know, well-regulated and with people, you know, using common sense can, uh, can fit in well with that trend. I would say definitely uh, augmented reality that um, we... Well, I should say I hope to see this year augmented reality take off in a 
uh, very real way in the sense that, you know, if this is going to be something that will be part of our future and, you know, be this thing that people get into, then this is the year that I think it really has to start to take off because of the fact that we've been having now a while of the sort of pushing it out there and and talking about it. And Apple is always going on about their AR stuff and other companies have been doing AR for a while. And so if we, you know, keep hearing AR, 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 and then there are just these couple apps that do interesting AR things and that's the end of it, then I think that when it does eventually take off, because I do think it will, it's going to be this sort of uh, it's going to be people revisiting it instead of just getting excited about it the first time around. And I think it would be detrimental to AR and it taking off for it to sort of be exciting and then fall and then peak again. And so we just kind of got to keep that momentum going. So I'm hoping to see that momentum keep rolling in this in this year. John, what are your thoughts? So I've been thinking a lot about video recently, and I really think that in 2019, we are going to see 4K video production hit the consumer market in a way that it hasn't before. I mean, we've had 4K video on our phones for quite a while, but towards the end of 2018, we saw new devices that have increased the flexibility and the kinds of things you can do use uh, to create high-resolution video, things like the GoPro Hero 7, which has this incredible stabilization built right into the camera, or the DJI Pocket Osmo Pocket, which is a teeny tiny little gimbal with a little little uh, camera mounted right on a handle that's smaller than than your phone. Um, I think that you know, from a hardware perspective, it's there. From a software perspective, we're starting to see things like LumaFusion on iOS which has really made video production a lot easier on iOS devices. And I think it's made it a more familiar and friendly approach to video editing editing that you can't necessarily get on something like Final Cut 10. I mean, that is a great app, but it's also pretty complex. And so with a combination of both new hardware as well as new software coming Towards the end of 2018, I think a lot of people are going to start dipping their toes into 4K video, and we'll, you know, that combined with the popularity of YouTube, we'll see a lot of more interesting uh, experiments with video. The thing I'm looking forward to the most this year is widespread adoption of wireless charging. You know, obviously, uh, iPhones and Android phones have had this um, wireless inductive-based charging for a while now, but I think it's getting to the point where more and more of those phones have it available and it has become standardized that we'll start seeing hopefully more of those in public places as well starbucks has had this stuff in the past where you used to have like little in some of its tables it would have wireless charging things and previously there were times where you needed to like attach a dongle because your foot if your phone didn't have it built in which was kind of cumbersome and obviously people would steal them or they disappear or break Um, but now that seems like most of the phones coming out these days on the market integrate the wireless charging feature i think it's a a great opportunity to start seeing those rolled out uh, in a lot more places i love seeing airports or hotels you know especially those hotels that have hung on to their 30 pin dock connector radios (laughs) get rid of those they're out they're old um one of my favorite experiences traveling last year like in uh when i was going to iceland i really enjoyed that one of the airbnbs i stayed in had one of those like uh, ikea lamps that had the charger right built in because it was so convenient with not having to like oh god i've got all these cables and plugs and all this stuff i need to charge all my devices so i'd like to see that take off even further in 2019 
2019, and I have a pretty good feeling about it. Anyways, thanks all for your thoughts on that topic. Let's go to our second topic, which comes from Gene. So, based on developments at Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and even Google+, 2018 was the year we started seriously questioning the value of online engagement compared to its pitfalls. Who is dropping any or all social media platforms as a New Year's resolution for 2019? Ooh, good question. Good question. Um, so it's not a New Year's resolution, but I did just ixnay on the Facebook Fay uh, not too terribly long ago. In the past, uh, Facebook used to only give you the option to uh, temporarily disable your account, and actually deleting it required a bunch of uh, jumping through hoops and things like that. But now it's fairly simple to go in and actually go through the process of deletion. Uh, when you do, then they don't delete your account for 30 days. And so I got my little on January, blah, 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 your account will be fully removed. If you want to log in before that, then we'll keep your Facebook account. But after this date, it's gone. Um, I'm under no illusion that all of my stuff is going to be deleted. I'm under no <laughs> illusion that because uh, I've deleted Facebook, I'm you know not part of the, the Facebook mastermind because of the fact that I have an Instagram account. So mm -hmm. I'm still sort of part of, I'm still dipping into that pool. But it felt like the right move regardless, because thinking like from a more selfish perspective, I wasn't getting anything out of that site. And it seems today that... Twitter has, you know, been a good platform for me for outreach and communication with other people. And Instagram is sort of the, uh, the social media site where I actually enjoy my time that I spend there. Even Slack has, it used to be a big part of, of my communication, but that has dropped significantly in the past year. So definitely thinking and rethinking and examining and re-examining my use of, of different platforms. And who knows, maybe by the end of 2019, Instagram will be gone too. And Twitter might be soon after. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see what happens there. John, John, what about you? Well, I have not dropped any social networks, and I really don't plan to, but that doesn't mean I haven't spent a lot of time thinking about it and changing my habits. And I've, I really did that throughout 2018, so there's nothing in 2019 that's changing per se. But for instance, I do have a Facebook account that I think I open maybe two or three times a year. Uh, so I don't, I don't really wow. use it, but I don't really... Uh, but I don't really want to get rid of it either because there are a few family members who use it a lot, and that's uh, a way for me to keep up with what they're doing. On top of that, there's a there's a work reason because we have an App Stories uh, Instagram account, and you need to have it. It's a business account, so it has to be tied to some sort of Facebook, uh, and I need so I needed to be on Facebook in order to do that as well. Uh, but for the most part, I don't use it. Twitter, I would say, is my number one social network next to Instagram. been using Instagram a lot more throughout 2018, and I think that's going to continue through 2019. Uh, Twitter has changed dramatic from, dramatically for me over the years. I don't use it nearly as much as I used to. It's very much, it's a valuable place for me to find stories that we write about on Mac Stories. Mm -hmm. It's a valuable place for me to, find, to communicate with developers whose apps we cover. Uh, and it's also a, a valuable place to publicize what we do at Mac Stories. So it's great for all those reasons. From a personal standpoint, though, I've used it a lot less. And I do take regular Twitter breaks, except for things that are related to work-type things. 
uh, especially over the holidays. I haven't hardly used Twitter at all, and I don't miss it really. A lot of the, the private conversations with friends uh, happen a lot less not private i guess they're not private if they were on twitter but uh a lot of conversations <laughs> with friends don't happen on twitter like they used to they happen in private now more often on something like uh, the messages app or something like that yeah i i'm i'm almost gonna ditto exactly what john just said because i think he encapsulated my feelings on this largely i i probably check facebook slightly more but i'd say you know once or twice a week at maximum uh, i never spent a lot of time on facebook and i agree that uh, i've already started to reevaluate some of my priorities and accounts of what's happened over the last year i don't have any specific plans this year um in terms of you know changing my social network habits but that's because you know as with many of you it seems like my social network habits were kind of more constrained already uh, I spend time on Twitter and Instagram. Really, those are the places I tend to engage the most. And yeah, I use Instagram more than I used to, but I, it's mostly for reading and not as much for posting, if only because I'm a, I'm a writer. I write things. So the, Twitter is kind of a more natural outlet for me than Instagram. <laughs> I just, I'm not a, a huge photographer. Um, and so as a result, I've definitely dialed back on Twitter a lot. Uh, in the last year or two, I spend much less time reading it than I used to, and I will take frequent days where I just don't don't really look at all. Um, especially as John pointed out, over the holidays was a great opportunity since I was spending a lot of time with family. It's like, oh, um, you know, there are a bunch of people right here that I could talk to instead of going <laughs> online to find other people. Um, I will be interested to see. This is kind of going to be an interesting year, I think, where uh, well, I don't think anything necessarily will supplant Facebook and Twitter, but I think we're going to see a lot more attempts uh, of people who are trying to use that opportunity, uh, Facebook being and Twitter both being uh challenging in some ways to try and launch things that they'll you know position as competitors i'm not sure any of them will take off but it will be interesting to see what people flock to over the next year if anything yeah i mean following on that um micro.blogs is filled in a gap for me that twitter was doing facebook you know not as much because there's just there's so many guinea pigs on Facebook, um, and uh, I do follow a lot of them. But my my resolution for 2019 is to delete my Facebook account, to uh, kind of shutter my Twitter account, so that um, people you know who want to engage with me, I'll give them other options. And I also have started incorporating like you know a, a smaller number of feeds into my RSS reader so that I can keep up with certain people I would miss if I didn't, you know, stay on Twitter that, you know, I, I would be, miss be getting a, you know, a wider range of voices. Like there's, there's much more diversity on Twitter than there is, I would say, you know, on, on micro.blog right now. Uh, and Instagram, I'm going to, to stop there as well. And that's mainly because of the ads, honestly, I'm like tired of seeing the ads for stuff um, every fourth picture. Um, <laughs> that's that's me for 2019 on the social media front. All right. Well, we have two topics down, two topics left to go, which of course means it's halftime here at Clockwise. This week's episode is brought to you by our good friends at Linode. With Linode, you'll have access to a suite of powerful hosting options with prices starting at just $5 a month, and you'll be up and running with your own virtual server in the Linode cloud in under a minute. Whether you're just getting started with your first server or deploying a complex system, Linode is the right choice for you. They offer the fastest hardware network with fantastic customer support behind it all. It has never been 
easier to launch a Linode cloud server. They guarantee 99.9% uptime for server availability. Once your server is up, they keep it that way. And Linode offers additional storage too. Block storage is now at a beta and available in Fremont and Newark. Linode's great for tasks like hosting large databases, running a mail server, operating a VPN, and so much more. Oh, and Linode is also hiring right now. If that interests you, you can go to linode.com slash careers. Linode, as I said up top, has fantastic pricing options available. Their plans start at a gigabyte of RAM for only $5 a month, and they offer high memory plans starting with 16 gigabytes of RAM. As a listener of this very show, if you sign up at linode.com slash clockwise, you'll not only be supporting us, but you'll also get $20 towards any Linode plan. On that one gigabyte of RAM plan, that's four free months. And with a seven-day money-back guarantee, there is absolutely nothing to lose. So go to linode.com slash clockwise to learn more, sign up, and take advantage of that $20 credit or use the promo code clockwise2018 at checkout. Thank you so much to Linode for supporting this show and all of Relay FM. Okay, first halftime of 2019 is over. Micah, what do you got for us? So aside from your social media New Year's resolution, if you had to make a resolution surrounding technology in 2019, what would it be? John, we'll start with you. All right, for me, it's going to be working on both photography and videography. That's Photography in particular is something that I've always really enjoyed. And when I was commuting to Chicago every day for work, I had the opportunity to take all kinds of pictures because uh, I was in the city and there was just stuff going on. Now that I work at home, that's not so much the case. So with photography, it kind of languished in 2018. And I want to reignite that by... Uh, actually carving out the time to get out and shoot some some pictures. So got myself a new camera uh, over Christmas, and I'm going to start doing that. But I want to expand that a little bit into video and try things out uh, in that too, because I have never really spent any time with video at all. So the camera I got also shoots video, and I've got a I've got one of those DJI Pocket Osmos, which are pretty cool. Uh, and are easy to take along and, and shoot video with. So I'm going to see what I can do there. I really have no idea where this is going. <clears throat> For the most part, I think it's going to be a personal creativity outlet more than anything else, as it always has been in the past. But I also expect some of it will end up in things like uh, product photography on Mac Stories because I've built over the holidays, I built myself an overhead camera rig to take nice pictures with good lighting of various gadgets that we review, things like that. Uh, but for the most part, I think it will be more of a, a personal outlet because I spend most of my time either typing or talking and doing something visual is kind of a nice break. Well, this may be a fool's errand, but I would like to clean up my technology life, which includes both uh, organizing my files a little bit more. I started in on that last year, and I really want to get back to like slimming down where are all my files located across three different computers, centralizing things, organizing stuff a little better. And to go along with that, cleaning out my physical office, which has all these old devices in it that just are gathering dust. So I, I can look over right now and see like three external hard drives that haven't been plugged in in probably several years. And I'm like, oh man, do I have files on those? Needs to be get. I gotta just grab the files off them, toss the drives all that good stuff so i really want to consolidate and streamline in the year ahead especially because you know as as fellow tech writers know nothing accumulates quite so much as electronic cruft uh whether it be on your computers or just in your life with all these speakers and wires and all this stuff all over the place so really want to sort of simplify this year that's my goal gene my 
uh, goal is to buy less from Amazon, um, <laughs> starting with books. I just, you know, have really fallen into that habit of, oh, there's a book. It'll be here in two days. It'll be super cheap. I have the free shipping. Boom. First of all, you end up with books, you know, maybe too many books on your shelf. But also, we have great bookstores here in Portland. I don't buy that many books every year that it would be a huge financial hardship to not get the deep, deep Amazon discount. Um, I would be buying books probably at Powell's, you know, from actual human beings at the cash register. And I think that would be, that would make me feel better. I, I mean, I usually buy something some things from Powell's every year. And I was just in there on New Year's Eve. And I thought, yes, I, I don't know why I go to Amazon. Because I either get books from the library or uh, from Powell's. And that would be the number one thing that that I would buy less of, or hopefully maybe buy none of. And then um, buy fewer things that I can buy in town. That pet supplies would be a good example. Um, I get kind of lazy where I let certain supplies run down for um, my guinea pigs. And then I think, well, if I put in an order now, I'll have it the day after tomorrow. And then I don't have to remember to go to the store uh, to get the bedding or the pellets or whatever things that I'm running out of. And and that's kind of lazy. Um, again, the prices are a little lower, but um, to support actual brick and mortar stores, independent stores in my my hometown feels like a good reason to be a little more organized in 2019. Um, so for me, it's going to be that I see a lot of people like they find a lot of joy in in gaming, and I see a lot of folks you know play all sorts of different games and talk about games and get excited when new games come out. And I have never really gotten joy out of gaming, uh, like video games. I don't know what those are. Um, I like don't keep there are no games on my phone. I just am not really a gamer type person. But in 2019, I want to see if I can find joy in that. And it, it, you know, it's just an experiment and it may not turn out to be anything that I end up liking, but I want to see if it's, uh, if it's possible. So we shall see. Thank you all for your answers on that one. Let's go to our last topic, which comes from John. Okay. My topic is about the iPad mini and we've seen rumors that there's a new iPad mini coming in the spring. And I want to know what everybody thinks in terms of what what are the features that the new Mini should have, and where do you think it fits in the iOS device lineup at this point? Oh, man. Well, the the Mini used to be my iPad of choice, and uh, I gave it up, but I still miss it sometimes because it was so portable. And I have no doubt that Apple could make it even smaller and more portable than it used to be. I think the biggest challenge for it is finding ways of incorporating the modern iPad uh, technology into such a small device. So, for example, I think of something like, you know, the smart keyboard. Obviously, just sort of like trying to make a keyboard that's the size of the the iPad mini and on the same sort of magnetic cover is going to be a problem because the mini is so small. <laughs> but maybe there's some sort of foldable option, for example, like those old IBM ThinkPad butterfly keyboards or something that Apple could come up with to still make the iPad as useful as it's the iPad mini as useful as its larger siblings when it comes to being like productive on it. I think it's going to incorporate a similar challenge when it comes to things like split screen mode, which is obviously very difficult on an iPad that small, but again, maybe some iOS adva- uh, advance down the, the road later this year might 
provide some more efficient way of doing multitasking stuff. So I think the big challenge for, for Apple is going to be how do we make this product that isn't just a watered-down version of the iPad Pro or the larger iPad? Uh, and and that's that's a big question. I think if it does that, there's a lot of possibility in uh, for the iPad Mini, but I think it's a, it's a really hard problem to solve. I, I have an iPad Mini 4, and I just love it, even though I hardly use it. I couldn't possibly give it away. I thought about selling it at one point, And then I was like, but it's so sweet. And I might like want to use it someday. And so, so my iPad mini is, uh, is now um, when my nephew comes over, we call it the guest iPad. Um, and that way he, you know, he can play with it. I have a lot of kids stuff on there. And then he, you know, knows that he doesn't get to take it home. It's, <laughs> but I'm sure that my my brother and sister in law wouldn't mind if he had his own iPad, so they didn't have to continually give up their own. The problem <laughs> is the price of that mini. Uh, I think was seven twenty nine when I bought it. I mean, I got the cellular option, so maybe it should have, you know, I should have just gotten the six hundred dollar one. But that's still a lot for a guest iPad or a nephew iPad, and. Um, otherwise, like Mary Poppins would say, I think it's practically perfect in every way right now. Oh, ah, yes. I love the iPad mini. Uh, that was certainly my iPad of choice back in the day, as they say. Um, I gave my iPad mini to my grandma. And to this day, she still uses that iPad mini as like her main computing device. Uh, she likes to send messages on it. She likes to check her email on it. She likes to do Facebook. She loves to do all that stuff. And so for me, I would love to see a new iPad mini come that I can like upgrade my grandma's iPad mini since she loves that and loves the size of it and all that kind of stuff. Um, it'd be super cool if it had a keyboard, like they could work out to, so it'd have a keyboard. Um, because when I think about like what Apple is trying to do with these tablet devices, it really is sort of creating a bridge between uh, a full on computer and uh, something, you know, small and portable like the iPhone. And so if there was, you know, this smaller size device where someone who really just doesn't need a full on laptop or full on desktop PC could have a, a you know, a, a tiny little desk or rather lap computer, I think that'd be super cool. Whether we will see the keyboard and all that extra stuff, I don't know. Um, I more think that it's just going to be kind of a, a, you know, a smaller version of the iPads that are in existence right now. Uh, but in any case, it would be such an upgrade for my grandma, and that would be really exciting. So uh, fingers crossed that we do get to see that and that uh, it's going to be pretty cool. Any last, thought, any last thoughts on that, John? Yeah, I really like the idea of a keyboard because I feel like the Mini is the kind of device that, while it might be hard to do actual multitasking and side-by-side -side type work on it. It's really good for things like responding to emails. Uh, I'd really like to see it updated myself. I'd like to see the display get even better than it already is. It's already Retina, but I'd love to see the ProMotion and other sorts of uh, you know wide color gamut features come to the Mini. And in addition to that, uh, an edge-to-edge -edge screen would be fantastic. You could take the, the Mini form factor and actually come out with a bigger display, but have it just as small and as cute as it already is. Um, beyond that, I don't think we'll see Face ID, but I think Face ID has been, you know, using that on the iPad Pro has been fantastic. It works even better than on the iPhone. 
And I'd love to see that come to every single iPad at some point. All right. Great. We are done with four topics, which means maybe there's just enough time for a bonus topic. But first, uh, this week's bonus topic is brought to you by FreshBooks. Everyone likes to save time, but it's especially important when you're a freelancer. I can totally vouch for that. Our friends at FreshBooks can save you up to 192 hours with their super simple cloud accounting software for freelancers. By simplifying tasks like invoicing, tracking expenses, and getting paid online, FreshBooks has drastically reduced the time it takes for over 10 million people to deal with their paperwork. FreshBooks automates late late payment email reminders so you can spend less time chasing payments and more time working your magic. And with the new projects feature, share files and messages with your clients, contractors, and employees, and see how quickly things happen when all your conversations live in one place. If you're listening to this and you're not using FreshBooks yet, now is the time to try it out. FreshBooks is offering an unrestricted 30-day free trial for listeners of this show. No credit card required. All you have to do is go to freshbooks.com slash clockwise and enter clockwise in the how did you hear about us section. We'd like to thank FreshBooks for their support of this show and Relay FM. And now the bonus topic, super fast. What is your most anticipated movie of 2019, Gene? How to Train Your Dragon, The Hidden World. I'm not a big movie person, so I don't have an answer for this. I'm sorry. I'm like, what movies are coming out this year? I don't know. John, what about you? I'd l- I'm looking forward to Pokemon Detective Pikachu because it's a really <laughs> strange looking movie, but somehow the trailers actually work. Uh, whereas uh, the opposite of Micah, I have a problem choosing just one, uh, but <laughs> I'm going to stay on brand and choose uh, Star Wars Episode Nine, which should, barring any changes, come out in December of this year. All right, that's the end of our show. All that remains is for us to thank our fantastic guests, Gene McDonald. Thank you so much for being here this week. It was a blast, and Happy New Year, everyone. And John Voorhees, thank you so much for being here. Thank you very much for having me. And Micah, I think we started off 2019 right, uh, but we'll be back next week. Until then, we remind all of you out there, watch what you say. And keep watching the clock. Bye, everybody.